Hello, I'm Alex Bank here, and I'm Deputy Editor of the journal Radiology in charge of thoracic imaging. Welcome to this podcast. Uh, today's guest is Dr. David Jankelewicz from uh, Mount Sinai Hospital in New York, and we will be discussing uh, their recent article, CT Screening for Lung Cancer, Non-Solid Nodules in Baseline and Annual Repeat Rounds. Welcome, David. Thank you very much for having me. David, obviously this is another uh, interesting study that comes out of your uh, LCAP uh, Early Lung Cancer Action Program. Um, can you give our readers uh, a brief explanation about this program and uh, maybe um, tell how this program is different from other big lung cancer screening programs like the NLST or other programs in Europe or in Asia? Well, the International Early Lung Cancer Action Program is a prospective cohort study uh, that enrolls institutions who are willing to follow a common protocol, submit their data in an ongoing way, clinical data, as well as imaging data, to a central repository. And we currently have, oh, 70-some-odd institutions in eight countries around the world that have contributed data tests in an ongoing fashion. And it allows us to continually monitor and upgrade management protocols. Okay. Uh, David, in this recent study of your group, uh, what were the main findings? What were the main results? The main result of this is that non-solid nodules can be followed on an annual basis safely. This was, I think, a, a very important finding for us because it allows us to manage these, these types of lesions in a very conservative way, uh, even though we recognize that some of them may be cancer. So it's really an example of, of what we've talked about frequently in the literature about overdiagnosis or indolent types of lesions that we're now getting to the point where we're making recommendations that, in fact, we can be safe with following them, and we're giving sort of guidelines as to how to follow these types of lesions mm -hmm. in a safe manner. I see. So uh, citing from your results, uh, you identified a little bit about uh, over 4% of nodules at the baseline screening uh, as adenocarcinomas, I mean 4% of those non-solid nodules, Uh, and at the repeat round of screening, uh, this rate was below 1%. Uh, you're talking about the diagnosis in your paper, biopsy, surgery. What were the morphological criteria that triggered, uh, that triggered the workup of these nodules? This is, uh, these non-solid nodules are, 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 are really a challenge uh, because it's very hard to see if they're growing or not. And, and so, in general, the main trigger for, for them being worked up was there were criteria for morphologic size would trigger follow-up uh, scans. So we would do a follow-up scan at three months or six months and look for growth. And then, depending on growth being overall size of the nodule increasing or the development of a solid component. And those were the things that mainly triggered further invasive procedures. Mm -hmm. But there was a lot of leeway in these non-solid. These, these lesions have been very hard 
to define, and it's very hard to get people to follow uh, a specific protocol. And, and we've seen that not only in LCAP, but in NLST and other studies as well. There's so much uncertainty about these lesions that it, it, so we, we in, in many ways, we're fortunate because we've, some of these cases were followed for a long time, even though they were showing some very slow growth. So we have the advantage of actually seeing that. I would like to address another potential leeway. Uh, there is increasing evidence in the literature that even experienced radiologists have a very hard time uh, for uh, some challenging types or manifestations of these nodules to allocate them to either the solid or the part-solid group. And we know from different studies that experience doesn't help. So what, what does help? And how secure are you in allocating these nodules to, um, to a specific group uh, from which then flows management recommendations and so forth? You're hitting on a very uh, touchy subject. Um, you're right. There, there are very poor criteria for how we define solid, non-solid, and part-solid, and, 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 and how you say something is moved from one to the other. It, it is still fairly subjective. I think the obvious cases are obvious, and the less obvious cases are, as they'd say, less obvious. Um, Nobody has a criteria for, for example, how much of or what percentage of a part solid it has to be before it becomes solid. Is it 60%? Is it 80%? There, there is no uh, firm definitions. And similarly, you can show the same non-solid lesion to one person who says, you know, this is developing a solid component. So there is a bit of uh, subjectiveness to it. Uh, I can tell you, though, that uh, we do put something in our data forms. You know, everybody is required to say solid, non-solid, or part solid, and I guess they just take their best estimate of it. Um, but this is ultimately going to have to be defined in a, in a better way. And in a better way, you mean by that in a quantitative way? I think everything is going to move into more quantitative. Mm -hmm. I think the, 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 the important thing here, though, for, for this paper that, that is reassuring is, is that uh, even when nodules whether, whether you know, the, the obvious ones are pretty obvious that they're non-solid. Um, although even in those non-solids, many of them have micro-invasion, meaning that it's invasive and we're just not seeing, you know, the, the radiographic manifestations because it's not large enough. But the important thing is that whether they become part-solid, that even the part-solid ones have such a good long-term survival that whether or not we missed it being non-solid or part-solid when it's still relatively small, um, I think it makes no difference from a prognostic point of view. So that's the reassuring part of this. I see. Uh, David, another aspect of your study that I would like to briefly address, uh, obviously the results and the conclusions come out of a lung cancer screening context. Uh, this context is unique in that uh, the patients come back every year, and you're pretty sure about that. Uh, so making recommendations, drawing conclusions from that, you can feel relatively at ease to be, you know, more generous. How do you think will uh, or how do you uh, envision, can you translate these results from a screening into a non-screening context? Very uh, more precisely, uh, what I mean to say is, you know, that currently uh, 
for uh, the subsolid, no subsolid nodules, non-solid nodules, when we see them in the clinical context, uh, there is this recommendation for three months follow-up, um, which is less generous than the screening recommendations that, uh, that you make. Um, how do you think will your findings or can your findings translate from a screening context into a more clinical context? Well, I, I think that the, uh, the three-month follow-up is, is somewhat for a sense of reassurance for people. Um, I, think, I, I think that uh, I consider if, if the people, whether they were in a screening program or they had sort of incidental screening and they were in essence eligible for screening or a high-risk person, I tend to think of the management should be the same for both. Uh, that in essence they're they're prognostically basically the same whether they were screened or or just incidentally found. Um, if there are other clinical indications for the person having the test, that has to always be considered. The three month follow up versus the one year follow up is a tough question. Um, it's hard, you know, and I've spoken with several of the Fleischner people about this uh, because it's very hard to. Uh, to tell people you have something, it may be cancer, but come back in a year. It's very difficult to do that. Uh, on the other hand, what do you get by doing it in three months? Well, one of the things you might get is if it was, wasn't done in the screening context, it might not have been done with the proper technique with thicker sections, and you might not see certain things that you would see with the thin section. So that is an advantage to doing it quicker there. I think it's pretty rare, though, that you would see something, if you had a good scan, I think the three-month follow-up is unlikely, really unlikely, to show anything at three months that would change rather than waiting a year. Unless the, so nodule, doubt, unless the nodule disappears, of course. Unless the nodule disappears, which actually happens in a, in a fair number of cases. Mm -hmm. um, and a substan especially when they're, well, especially in the annual round, it's even more frequent. But on mm -hmm. the baseline round, yeah, they can disappear, and that can offer people a bit more, more reassurance quickly. Mm -hmm. But if they stay there then you're going to repeat the scan again. Yeah. It, it comes down to utilization, too. You know, David, uh, you, <clears throat> you briefly alluded to the technical issues that are related with the detection of these nodules. Uh, obviously, this is the context of low-dose CT uh, protocols, CT protocols that were originally designed for detecting solid lesions, solid nodules, do you think the low-dose techniques that we have today are good enough to detect all of these subsolid nodules? Oh, no. I think this is an interesting uh, dilemma that we have. You know, with the push more and more towards finding, uh, to lowering radiation dose, and, and you know, and it's a, a worthwhile thing to do, um, these subsolid nodules, and especially the non-solid ones, do become more difficult. Uh, much more so than solid lesions. The noise really can make them invisible, basically. And so there is a challenge. And, and similarly, some of the new um, algorithms for noise reduction can, can take non-solid nodules and kind of make them disappear. So that is a, a concern. Um, fortunately, again, these are, you know, if you're going to make any of the lesions disappear, you probably want to make these you know, the ones less apparent because they are so indolent relatively. But it is a concern, and especially the smaller the size, 
The more non-solid appearing they are, the more chance you can have of making these things disappear. So all of these things play a role. It's always this sort of, you know, weighing, you know, risk-benefit analysis of lowering the dose but potentially missing certain lesions. And the idea of integrating, you know, what level of quality do you want versus what level of dose or scanning protocol do you want to use? I see. Uh, David, my last question to you, when we go out into the world of general radiology, uh, we often receive the echo of uh, a kind of confusion, you know, the programs, the guidelines, the screening context, the non-screening context, guidelines for different categories of nodules and so forth. Uh, what is the take-home message from your article to the general radiologist? I think the take-home message here is that these nodules can be managed um, safely at one-year intervals. Uh, that had, had we treated any of these nodules prior to when we actually did treat them, say when they're two centimeters, had we treated them when they were one centimeter, there would have been no survival or prognostic advantage to the patient because all of them were 100% long-term survival. And similarly, when they converted from non-solid to part-solid, and we did that at annual basis, when we saw that and operated even then or treated them at that point, there was still 100% survival. So that made it... Uh, That gives us confidence that following these on an annual basis is, is a safe thing to do. It, if I can continue, it, it also really brings us into a whole new world of, of management because, you know, many of these non-solid nodules, ultimately, if you keep following them, they do progress over time. It might be 10 years. It might be 15 years when the non-solid nodule ultimately gets to a point where you're going to say, hey, time to operate. You know, this thing's starting to look bad. Let's operate. And so then you really have a question. There's a dilemma that, that, that clinicians really now need to face, and it gets into this whole concept of shared decision-making. Mm -hmm. So if you tell a person you have a non-solid nodule, it may progress. It may be 10 years from now. So the question really still is, is, well, should we operate or do something now when you're healthy enough to do something versus 10 years from now when you may be less healthy? So, I mean, there's a lot of considerations that really come into this, and I say it, it really is a shared decision-making kind of context. Okay. So I think that's... Yeah. David, thank you very much. Um, and we're looking forward to uh, reading soon more from uh, the interesting funders of results from the ILCAP project. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hi, this is Herb Kressel. Uh, this month, we have available uh, transcripts of the podcast discussions. Uh, we've learned that uh, many of our listeners and viewers may not uh, be that familiar with English as a, uh, as a language, and uh, we feel that the transcripts will be helpful in furthering their understanding of medical English. We hope you enjoy the podcast, and we hope you enjoy the transcripts. Uh, please contact us. Uh, with any uh, suggestions for further improvement. Thank you. Mm -hmm.